the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you at the past 10 o'clock. Thanks again for joining us on this Monday, the 16th morning of the final month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Guest free this uh, program. Congressman Jim Jordan was not with us last hour, as he normally is on Mondays. Obviously, we are kind of all uh, uh, at the mercy of his schedule. His schedule frees up Wednesday when he will join us next on the authority. So this hour, uh, guest free and plenty of opportunity for you to hit the uh, phone lines. 216-901-0945, Follow me on Twitter. Facebook and Parlor, and communicate with me there, France Radio, in all places, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, all one word, no spaces, and no underscores. I want to hit more on the uh, Sunday talk shows and the uh, impeachment vote that is coming in the House of Representatives this week, uh, even as Inspector General Michael Horowitz's report gets more and more traction about all of the illegal activities that were uh, uh, that were. Um, committed by the FBI in the FISA process in order to try to stop Donald Trump from winning the presidency. Even as all, it is, uh, all of it comes out, they're still pushing forward with this ridiculous, phony impeachment. Which, by the way, I love this. Brad Parscale, who uh, works uh, for President Trump, tweeted this yesterday. I thought this was brilliant. Very, very well done. While the Dems continued their political theater, real at real Donald Trump has been crushing it this week alone raised over $10 million this past week alone. President Trump's campaign has raised over $10 million while they continue through the uh, judiciary uh, hearings last week. They continue to push impeachment. Americans are pushing back and saying, we want our president. Over $10 million in a week. Uh, also, 
check mark. Trade deals with China and Mexico, check mark. Government family leave, check mark. 50th federal judge appointed and confirmed, check mark. Signed the anti Semitism order, check mark. House approved Space Force, check mark. $1.3 billion in new money for the wall. President Trump continues to kill it. Hi. Um, I, I love when you play the words from uh, Reagan every time on your show. I mean, it's inspirational. It keeps me focused. But I want you at the end of that to play the remarks from Rachel Maddox and Chuck Schumer when he said when the president was, I believe, first elected or, or prior to his actual inauguration, where he better be careful with the FBI and the CIA. There is a coup d'etat, and he is part of it. He is actually part of it. He warned the American people right from that show. Those words have never left my head. I knew it was a warning. The way, when he said it was very, very suspicious. He knew what was going on. He knew how they can, they can continue to attack our president. And those words were very important. I think they should be played every single time on conservative radio so that people can be aware that he is part of the conspiracy also. Well, you are 100% right, Kate, and I remember that as well. It's when he basically said that they, uh, the FBI, if you screw with the FBI, they have six ways from Sunday to come and get you. Exactly. Yeah. He, I, he, I, he, you can't tell me he wasn't in on this to begin with. Uh, there's there's no doubt. There's absolutely no doubt that, that he was. And, and, and that's why this is what's so funny, Kate, and thanks for the call. <clears throat> I'm going to use this to kind of transition back into the audio because Mitch McConnell enraged the left on Friday last week when he said that once this comes to us on the Senate side, um, we, meaning Republicans in the Senate, are going to coordinate with President Trump's White House lawyers in defending the president in this trial. And the left went crazy. Oh, no, you can't do that. You have to be independent. You have to be an independent arbiter of... Um, of, of uh, this trial. You can't sit there and be a part of the defense. And, 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 and I'll play that in a moment, but that just cracks me up. Because what I'm going to play that, that Kate in Vermillion just asked about from Chuck Schumer indicates that the Democrats were absolutely not independent. The Democrats were not uh, arbiters. The, they, were, they were prosecutors. And in fact, Schiff and Nadler got to be prosecutors, judges, and juries on the House side. And as she pointed out, this is from January 7th, 2017. So after he was elected, but 13 days before his inauguration. It was the Rachel Maddow show. The guest was Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. And this is what he said. Well, if you've seen this, I don't want to blindside you with this. This is, a, this is um, the latest statement, latest tweet, as you were just saying, President-elect's latest, latest yeah. unsolicited pronouncement on the intelligence community. This was his tweet just a little while ago tonight. You see the scare quotes there. The yeah. intelligence briefing on so-called Russian hacking was delayed until Friday. Perhaps more time needed to build a case. Very strange. We're actually told, intelligence sources tell NBC News since this tweet has been posted, that actually this intelligence briefing for the president-elect was always planned for Friday. It hasn't been delayed. But he's, he's taking these... Shot this antagonism yeah. is taunting to the intelligence Let me tell community. You, you take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday of getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. So there there it is. That's what Kate was talking about. He said the intelligence community has six ways from Sunday to get back at you. So you better not go after the intelligence community. 
And he said this. Now, here we are, you know, three years later, roughly. He said this, um, knowing at the time, or we know now what he knew at the time, which was that the intelligence community was working with the DNC to screw him. The FBI is the intelligence community. The CIA is the intelligence community. John Brennan, James Clapper, then the James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok crew, they all worked in unison to try to stop Donald Trump. And, and Schumer essentially was saying, I know about it, and they will get back at you. And now we're seeing how they tried to get back at him. They tried to frame Carter Page and uh, 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 Papadopoulos and uh, and two other members of the Trump campaign team slash transition slash administrative team. They tried to frame them. They they surveilled them and tried to uh, to stop Donald Trump from becoming president, from the election results being validated and and, and his term actually, uh, you know, being carried out. They tried to stop it in the intelligence committee, just like. Uh, uh, Chuck Schumer warned, has indeed spent this time trying to stop and get back at Donald Trump. Now, I want to use that to go back to actually a couple of things here. First, I want to go to Steve Hilton on Fox yesterday talking with, among others, uh, Representative Matt Gates from Florida, who has been one of the strongest voices in defense of the president on the House side, along with Jim Jordan and Doug Collins and Ratcliffe and a few others, Devin Nunes. Uh, but uh, this, this is important because while everybody now is focusing on what the IG report said about the FBI and their abuses of the FISA process, and about their 17 quote-unquote mistakes, but we know those were intentional uh, acts committed to try to stop Donald Trump from becoming president or keeping his presidency. All of the attention now has been taken away from Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. That's a mistake. And that's why Steve Hilton yesterday was talking about Joe Biden and talking about Hunter Biden and the real quid pro quo that was going on there when Joe Biden got the lawyer, the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, who was investigating the illegal activities of Burisma, which employed Hunter Biden on its board of directors in Ukraine, got that prosecutor fired in the real quid pro quo. You're not getting the $1.2 billion until you fire this guy who's looking into my son and my son's uh, firm, essentially. How come nobody is talking about this? Because that's what Donald Trump actually asked about this serious investigation, as well as Ukraine's role in meddling in the U.S. 2016 election. Those are the things he legitimately asked about in that phone call to um, the Russian, or excuse me, the Ukrainian president, uh, Zelensky. So this is Steve Hilton laying the groundwork there, and then it's Matt Gates telling the truth. That you need, that quite frankly, we all need to hear. So let's uh, give this a listen. Nothing on its face that was wrong. That's got to be one of the most ludicrous Biden statements ever, and that's saying something. Only a total swamp creature like Joe Biden could look at his son's involvement in Ukraine and say there's nothing on its face that was wrong. Vice President Biden was running Ukraine policy during which time over $4 billion went to Ukraine, much of it to boost their energy industry. His own son was being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars by Ukraine energy interest during that same period. It is a giant, obvious, utterly corrupt conflict of interest. And don't just take it from me. Here's the Washington Post. 
As vice president, Biden said Ukraine should increase gas production. Then his son got a job with a Ukrainian gas company. So no, Joe Biden, we're not letting this go. You may trust your son, but practically no one else does. And that's why we will continue to press for an investigation and an answer to the central question. How much U.S. taxpayer cash was given to Hunter Biden's Ukrainian gas company while Joe Biden presided over Ukraine policy? We need to get to the bottom of the Biden-Ukraine cash for gas corruption scandal. Now, that was brilliant by Steve Hilton, in large part because it's almost verbatim what I said last week in response to Joe Biden's, my son did nothing wrong, and how do I know? Uh, I trust my son. Wait, don't you want at least an investigation to prove it? Nope, don't want one, because I trust my son. Well, as long as you trust your son, we don't have to investigate anymore. Baloney. They need an investigation. That's what I said. Hilton repeated it, and now Matt Gates gets to, to respond. Only in Washington do you hear people say, I've done nothing wrong, and I promise I'll never do it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. Joe Biden said that they he would change that. this That's policy right. and not allow it to happen. I don't know if there is a single American <laughs> who believes it's legit to have the family member of the Vice President of the United States, States out moonlighting for foreign companies, but there is certainly no Democrat on the Judiciary Committee who is willing to defend it. Now, I took a lot of heat for exposing, I think, fair facts relevant to the analysis of this actual case, yes. but we cannot allow political correctness to stop us from asking the tough questions when you've got a radical leftist mob trying to overturn the results of a U.S. election. I completely agree. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And Tommy, what makes me laugh is that repeatedly, he, it keeps coming up, and he can't be surprised, and he's got no answer that's even vaguely convincing. He just trusts his son, I'm glad that you brought up yeah. no, Nobody else is, nobody's confident yeah. in that fellow, besides <laughs> you, Joe. But again, you have to remember that when he is questioned by his own potential voters about something that is very real, very legitimate, we witch hunt this president day in and day out, and Biden's asked about a very legitimate situation, and it's, get your facts straight, Jack, and then he calls the man fat, and that's where we're headed. I mean, people give President Trump all this criticism. That's how he unraveled at a town hall in Iowa. And this guy wants to be president. And he thinks he's not going to be questioned over a very legitimate reason yes. to be questioning him and his son. Of course. I mean, it's just going to get worse and worse from each time he does an interview like that and says, oh, nothing, nothing on its face. <laughs> Would you like, it's just going to make it worse. No, uh, well, you yeah, uh, it will. And, and by the way, it's not just Joe Biden that is pulling the I trust my son card, so that's the only thing you need to hear. Forget about any independent investigations. Forget about how it looks on its face that my son is making $83,000 from a foreign country or a foreign company that speaks a language he doesn't speak in an energy industry that he doesn't have any experience in. He's making all of that money. It's the same country that I'm running U.S. policy for. Forget about how that looks. I trust my son. Therefore, so should you. He's not the only one making that claim. Who else? Well, I'll share that with you right after this. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 1026, I'm going to get a couple of phone calls here rather than share with you the other uh, part that I wanted you to hear. Um, I mentioned that Joe Biden says that the only investigation that is needed here is to ask me whether or not I trust my son. I do. Oh, okay, investigation over. He did nothing wrong. 
President Trump had no right whatsoever to inquire about what was going on over there because you trust your son. The 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 backup to that is is Mrs. Biden. <laughs> Jill Biden was on with uh, with uh, MSNBC uh, yesterday and said, uh, "Yeah, I trust my son too." Okay, that's it. As long as the two of you guys trust your son, then that means nobody did anything wrong, and there's no need for an investigation. Why are they so afraid of investigations of them? Why are the, why is the left so afraid of an investigation of anything having to do with somebody who's t- trying to take Trump down? But when it comes to Trump himself, it's nothing but three years of investigations and a promise that if he wins in uh, 2020, four more years of investigations, not legislation. Not doing the people's work, but four more years of trying to invalidate this man's first election and then his second. It's an amazing thing, the the hypocrisy. Navy man Norm in Strongsville. Go ahead, Norm. You're on the air. Bob, I know you're very optimistic on this, but I'm not. I've listened for two and a half years for all the testimony and all the criminal wrongdoing, and it just blows my mind. And yet nothing happened. Nobody's arrested. Nobody's indicted. Nobody's going to prison on that. But it just, you know, I, I've kind of Norm. I Norm, believe- you, you've got, you've got it. You've got to, you've got to look at the at the at the positive side of this. And that's John Durham isn't just doing an investigation. It's a criminal investigation, and he took time out of his criminal investigation to respond unprompted. He sent the memo to the media, uh, disagreeing with Horowitz's report about there not being any political bias. So he has already given us a hint that, you know, the, the stuff that Horowitz found, that's fine. Great work. There were a lot of abuses by the FBI and so on and so forth, but he doesn't think it was politically motivated. I disagree with that, and I'm still investigating. I think John Durham gives us reason to be optimistic, Norm. And I, if you want to stay, you know, uh, you know, uh, cautious about this, if you want, if you want to stay pessimistic, okay. But I'm telling you, I think John Durham gives us a reason to believe that when it all is said, it is all said and done, the jumpsuits will start to be fitted for these uh, uh, these obstructionists, these anti-American uh, uh, collusion uh, coup d'état staging uh, lunatics. I think they're coming when 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 Durham finishes. His his job. He's the guy who made a point of saying, uh, uh, I disagree okay. with what uh, Horowitz said. Well, what I'm really calling about is another cover-up, and I want to read something to you, and I'll try to make it fast. It's from a okay. Navy flight instructor at Pensacola. 20-year right. Navy career man, uh, Iraq War veteran, and first-hand account of what happened at uh, Pensacola, which is totally opposite what the government said. And this right. here's the account. The Saudi terrorists checked in Monday and seemed normal. He held a dinner party on Thursday night with more than 10 Royal Saudi Air Force officers. At the party, they watched videos of mass shootings, mostly Islamic propaganda. The next morning, he systematically attacked Building 633, while one of his fellow Saudi officers followed and filmed it. Several other Saudis waited and observed the attack from a car. The attacker started at the quarter deck, which is the front desk, and three were killed on duty at the time. Ensign Watson was the duty officer. He was shot five times, but he still managed to call the first responders and evacuate the building and personally direct them to the location of the shooter prior to dying from his wound. The other two officers killed were also in the immediate vicinity of the quarter deck. Many of the wounded as well, some being wounded as they try to climb out of windows. Per Navy policy, none had weapons to defend themselves with. 
The first responders that confronted the Saudi shooter were from the local sheriff's department. Two sheriff's deputies were wounded in the gun battle, and they killed the terrorists. Three active-duty Americans were dead, eight more were wounded, and two deputies were wounded. Many of the wounded were shot through the doors of the classrooms on multiple floors of Building 633. Most of the base remained on lockdown, as the base was systematically searched for the missing... No, Norm, I don't know how much longer it is. I don't know how much longer it is, but I'm already a minute and a half past the news. Okay. Okay, so over a five-day span, the Saudi terrorists checked in, acquired a handgun with four extended magazines and ammunition, posted a manifesto online condemning the United States as a nation of evil, along with Islamic and Semitic lies, and planned and executed his attack with at least th- uh, three accomplices. At least ten okay. Saudi... Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to interrupt there, Norm, only, like I said, because we're past this. Do me a favor, if you would. Okay. Email, you, obviously, you email me all the time. Send me that that entire uh, article in your uh, in an email to me, please, and I will make sure that the rest of it gets disseminated. But I do appreciate, appreciate what you're saying, because there is a lot of that story that needs to be told. We'll get to the news now, back after this. A little bit of breaking news for you here. I just received an email from one Peter Kersenow. It contained an attachment. The attachment was a copy of a letter sent from the honorable, or excuse me, the uh, Republican minority uh, leader in the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, to Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And it reads, Dear Madam Speaker, Pursuant to 42 U.S.C. 1975, I am pleased to appoint the following member to the United States Commission on Civil Rights. Effective December 16, 2019, Mr. Peter N. Kersenow, Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you for your attention in this matter. In other words, six more years. Six more years. Do it with me. Six more years. Peter Kersenow is going to be serving on the United States Commission on Civil Rights. That is outstanding. You know, it's it's so amazing to me. I give Peter all the credit in the world. You know, because what he's doing, I mean, this is this is truly service, okay? I think is the best way to say it. This is when we talk about public service. Somebody's elected to Congress. Congress is a public servant, blah, blah, blah. To me, a guy who like Peter Kersenow, who is one of only two conservatives on a nine-member board, the Commission on Civil Rights, they're outnumbered and outgunned every step of the way. It's like being the lone conservative sitting there on the view, especially when they bring in a guest or two to join the liberal cacklers, uh, and they all gang up on the one person, right? Uh, it's true public service to be willing to do that. And Peter Kersenow has indeed accepted the appointment of six more years. He's already been on that board, I want to say, 16, 17 years. Um. Or maybe just completed his 18th, since these are six-year terms. Uh, I'll check with him when he comes back onto the program tomorrow. But that's true public service. He knows he's outnumbered whenever uh, they they deal with matters uh, regarding civil rights on the Civil Rights Commission, and yet he continues to serve. And while there, he provides an extraordinarily important voice. And he, and he quite frankly, gives us all a little bit more hope uh, by providing, uh, providing that voice. Uh, that uh, that does indeed try to bring some sort of balance and some sort of sensibility, some sort of constitutional responsibility uh, to that board of commissioners. So congratulations to Peter Kersenow. Very glad to, to report that. Uh, we'll get a call here from James in Lorain County next. Hi, James. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, Bob. Good morning to you. Thanks for taking my call. Certainly. And congratulations to Peter. 
Yes, sir. I'm so very um, happy to see that. Yeah, that's great. Because you're, uh, and some somebody's going to continue to bring attention to the constitutional processes. And, Absolutely, you know, in a good, in a favorable light. Um, my suggestion was, or my idea was to uh, maybe uh, have the president face his accusers in the uh, in the roll call vote of the House. Is that possible? What do you mean, have him face the his accusers? You mean just have him sit in the chamber while they vote? That's correct. Uh, what would be the purpose? Well, one to bring attention to the process again, and also to uh, he, you know, you may need bail money if the process <laughs> goes through. You know, the House is the only one that can bring the vote or bring the process of impeachment to. Well, yes, they send it to the they send it to the Senate for a trial, but it's not a criminal trial. There wouldn't be any bail. He's not going to be taken into custody. Uh, No, he's not going to dignify it, James. He's not going to dignify the ridiculousness of the proceedings by being there. And his face isn't likely to make them think, "Oh, I'm sympathetic now," and suddenly I won't vote for it. Uh, It would. I think it would do nothing. It would. It would be a theater. uh, You know, you know, photo op. I don't. I don't know whatever you want to call that. I don't think it would do much good. But he's gonna. It would be dignified the process i think that doesn't deserve that president trump probably needs to rein it in just a little bit just a little bit um when i said that he would be unlikely to engender any kind of sympathy by showing his face while they voted, um, especially when you consider how much angrier he is making them when he takes unnecessary cheap shots. And the one I'm talking about is the one against Nancy Pelosi. You probably saw it already. I haven't talked much time, about, uh, spent any time about it. He tweeted about Nancy Pelosi what is being kind of widely regarded as an unnecessary cheap shot dig, uh, speaking to her age or whatever, because he made fun of her teeth falling out. Okay? Now, I do that too. I, I, because quite frankly, I'm trying to figure out why she slurs every time she gives a pub, a press conference or a public statement. She's slurring, and it sounds really bizarre. And I wonder, it's, again, not poking fun of it at anybody, truly, uh, for, you know, who has, who has suffered a stroke. But, it, you know, it sounds like that slurred speech when half of your face is paralyzed and, and whatnot. So we kind of say, you know, she sounds like she's either A, stroking out, B, drunk, or C, her dentures are slipping. This is no way to understand how she talks like this so often. And I may be exaggerating for effect on the radio, but you know you've heard it. We've talked about it. We've played it. <clears throat> and it's one thing for me to poke fun at it. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's helping things for the president to do it. And what it was is he tweeted in response to... Um, Mark Meadows tweet. This is this is how the whole thing came down. Just to throw it to you here, um, Mark Meadows tweeted as the president, or excuse me, well, I'm all over the place here, and I apologize for that. I'm trying to find the president's uh, response to Mark Meadows. Yeah, here it is. Mark Meadows tweeted in response to a tweet by the Hill. Okay, the the Hill magazine, online magazine. The Hill tweeted, "Quote question." This is to Nancy Pelosi. Question. You yourself accused Trump of bribery. Why did you decide not to make bribery one of the articles of impeachment? 
Speaker Pelosi's response started out, this was a decision that was recommended by blah, 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 which is just a whole bunch of nothing. So Mark Meadows retweets that Hill exchange with the words, because it wasn't true. That's his answer to the question. Why did they decide not to make bribery one of the articles of impeachment? Mark Meadows said, because it wasn't true. President Trump's response, retweeting that was, quote, because Nancy's teeth were falling out of her mouth and she didn't have time to think. Now, I want to laugh at that, quite frankly, because it's kind of funny. Um, And it's kind of funny if I say it. And it's probably kind of funny if uh, a number of other people say it. Is it funny for the President of the United States to say it? Maybe not. Fox Fox's headline on, on it even was, Trump takes nasty dig at Pelosi and latest slam of House Dems. It's one of those things where it's as gratuitous. You know, he, he's he's playing the I'm a common everyday guy game. He's, you know, this is how, you know, the people talk. This is how I talk. And, and I get it, but it's not going to engender any more sympathy. It's not going to endear himself to anybody who might be a moderate if it's perceived that he is making fun of Nancy Pelosi's age and her dentures, if it's perceived that he is doing what I was doing, which was making fun of her. And I make no bones about it. I was. She's despicable. She's reprehensible. She's a liar. She admitted that this collusion uh, amongst the Democrats and the media, along with the FBI and foreign sources, to try to invalidate the Trump presidency goes back two and a half years, means I have no respect for her whatsoever, nor should I have to have any respect for her. Right? I mean, really. But I don't know if the president can be doing that. Just doesn't help himself in, in that kind of regard. Because if there are people who are dyed in the wool, haters of Trump, they are going to just continue to hate him. No big deal. If there are dyed in the wool, defenders of President Trump, we're just going to continue to defend him. No big deal. But what about those on the fence? What about those moderates who don't necessarily think that impeachment is right, impeachment is right uh, but they don't necessarily think that Donald Trump handled the phone call appropriately, and they're on the fence about whether or not they want to support him or not? It's the kind of thing that can tip people away into the other direction. Because it looks like he's picking on Nancy Pelosi or making a, you know, some sort of a, a snide remark about her age or something of that nature. And I you think that's. You yourself accused him of bribery. Why did you decide not to make bribery one of the articles of impeachment? I myself am not a lawyer. Sometimes I act like one. Not as often as I act as a doctor. I practice medicine on the side without benefit of diploma too. Uh, this is a decision that was recommended by our working together with our committee chairs, our attorneys, and the rest. So, in other words, we spent weeks and months, really, since since the whistleblower surfaced in August, we've spent months telling America that Donald Trump committed bribery. And when it came time to write the article of impeachment, we decided with our attorneys and committee chairs, and quote, the rest, to not include bribery? It is a good question. Why did you tell the American people on TV every day, bribery, 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 but when it came time to impeach Donald Trump, you didn't include bribery? Could it be because you couldn't prove it? Could it be because it wasn't true? Could it be because you're all a bunch of phonies? Absolutely. And if the president had said those things, it's probably no problem here. But instead, he said, because her teeth were falling out of her mouth and she couldn't think. It's funny, but it's probably not going to be great, uh, you know, uh, PR for him. Put it that way.
All right, Don is in uh, uh, Cuyahoga Falls. Okay. Hey, Don, you're on the air. Go ahead. Okay, uh, hold on, Bob. i got to tell my wife to stop talking here a minute. I told her I was going to be on the radio, possibly. Okay, so anyway, uh, you brought up Steve Hilton's show earlier. Yeah. And I want to mention something else that he brought up. Uh, and it's talking about this, uh, the FBI, and you've got a lot of Fox commentators uh, sticking up and saying, for the FBI, saying that 99.9% of the FBI, the rank and file, the rank and file, they're all innocent. They haven't done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. But I do want to point out that, uh, you know, these guys, this 10, 15, 20, however many FBI agents were involved in this, these guys were heads of whole departments. They had minions. They had secretaries. They had assistants. Uh, Comey, Mueller, all these guys been hiring and firing and promoting and demoting people for 10, 12 years at least. They've transferred people. Uh, they've pretty much molded the FBI into images of what they they believe and think uh and so steve hilton last night just he he kind of shocked the rest of the guests when he said that he thought that the whole fbi should just be dismantled and i i tell you i i kind of agree with that now i just think that the whole organization is so rotten and i know they won't do it but it, it really needs rattled rattled and shaken up and i hope they get uh, get rid of chris ray and do something about it you know, I um, I don't think I do agree. <clears throat> I think uh, what Navy Man Norm was saying before is is more in my line of thinking um, that matter trickles down, and we know what that matter is, uh, and, and it really does start at the leadership. And I think the rank and file will continue to do their jobs, or will do their jobs with integrity and with out bi- uh, political bias or malice or favoritism or, or any of those kinds of things if the leadership is encouraging that that is that is uh you know that is what they do um i'm not i don't believe that christopher ray is necessarily the right guy to do that um and that, by the way, we can also look at our president and say, well, you know, you didn't pick James Comey. That He was the guy when you came in, and you correctly fired James Comey, but you did get to handpick the guy who replaced him, and you picked Chris Ray. Did you make the wrong pick here? And I'm sure he's hesitant to want to say that he did. But um, I think the leadership is the key. I wouldn't. Have, I, I don't think we would need to just agents or the bureau as a as a whole i just think the leadership needs to change and when you do get the right leaders in place uh don my opinion and then they see anybody in the rank and file doing anything that's out of line or that is untoward or that is questionable you start clearing house there to send the message to everybody else that they told the line and do their jobs without bias um but i but i really do i think the whole of the agency can be fixed with the right leadership and it's really just up to the president to find those leaders that's, that's probably a good point, and uh, uh, my, I guess I'm exaggerating about the rank and file. I, I would say that uh, I do believe it's a much higher percentage of the FBI people that are probably corrupted, like, you know, 10% or 20 even. Uh, I just, uh, and I, it, they probably can be repaired, and it is a matter of leadership. I agree with you on that. I, I hope that... Uh, yeah, because, uh, because I'll tell you something, Don. It, you know, just to, just to go with what you said, if it's 10 to 20%, that's still incredible incredibly dangerous and i would submit to you that they weren't 10 to 20 percent of them that were corrupted or biased when they took their jobs 
you know, when they went to the academy and they and they came out as agents, I I think they probably saw the corruption at the highest levels or the bias or the playing fast and loose with the rules at the highest levels, and then maybe started doing so because the the example was being set for them in a bad way. So I don't think you know if it is ten percent of ten percent of thirty eight thousand agents is a bad bad thing to have thirty eight hundred you know p- potentially uh, corrupt or or incompetent or or whatever types of agents working. That's a terrible thing but i still would say to you then if they are that way it's because they started to model the behavior of those above them in senior positions uh, rather than they were corrupt or biased or bad people when they took their jobs and if they can be corrupted by bad leadership they can be you know uh, made to get back in line and do things the right way by good leadership would be the way that i would say it don thanks for the call it's a great discussion we'll come right back after this bob france here on am 1420 the answer. All right, last segment of the broadcast is always a short one. I've got time for two, maybe three calls. Let's go back to it, and we'll hit uh, Akron next. Charlie, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go right ahead, Charlie. Hello, Bob. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering, uh, you know, this information about Hunter Biden in Ukraine and how much he was getting paid uh, to sit on that board. I, I just wonder what his uh, salary was compared to other board members. I, I mean, that far higher, far higher. Yeah, that that yeah. was actually. I, well, I'm going to have to look it up, but that $83,000 that he was paying was, was far higher. I want to say almost double. It may have been uh, more than that. I don't know. But I remember like two weeks ago that did surface about how much more he made than the rest of the board members. He comes there as a foreigner. He comes to Ukraine not speaking the language, not knowing anything about the gas industry, the natural gas industry, and was making more money than anybody else on that board by a lot. I remember reading about it. I'll see if I can find the answer. But uh, obviously, even if he was making $10 more than the other board members, on what basis, what qualifications would he have uh, to be paid that kind of money? And obviously, the answer is his last name is Biden, and his dad runs Ukraine policy for Barack Obama's administration. Right. Well, that's all I wanted. I, it, thanks for the information, but yeah, I'm yeah. interested in hearing that at heart. Yeah, it was, it was a lot more. I'll see if I can find a number or a percentage more, Charlie, because I did see that a, co- a couple of weeks ago, and I remember being shocked by it when they talked about the, uh, the amount of money that the other board members may compare. You know, I mean, first of all, $50,000 a month was the original figure. That's what Biden, Hunter Biden, was being paid by this, uh, this board, uh, or by this energy uh, company. Um, and then the number ballooned to 83,000. Those are the, now multiple sources report he was being paid 83,000 per month. And that that number was significantly higher than anybody else on that Burisma board. I'll see if I can find the number for you. Clint is calling us from Stowe. Hi, Clint. You're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, hi, uh, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. I just, sure. wait a minute. I've got to get my wife out of the room uh, because she's laughing so hard. <laughs> Uh, this seems to be a common theme today. Trump's comment. Yeah, she's just laughing. I got to Janet, get out. Okay. Um, um, I just want to let you know, I think his comments are hilarious, and millions of people are laughing at his comments. I know but they I, are. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. 
But but Clint, my my concern, my my brother, listen, my concern is that there are some moderates who are trying to decide if they're Team Trump or not here, who are going to hear that and not laugh, who are going to be really, really, you know, insulted by that. That's my only concern when you have, you know, people like you and me think it's funny, but some other people might find it mean-spirited, and if it costs him some support, well, we don't want that, right? Well, you know, just have him get a life. Come on. You know, again, I, I, I just, that's what makes him just so great is that he's a regular guy. He's older than, isn't he older than Nancy, too? Uh, I mean, don't know. I, you know, that's a good question. They're both in their 70s. I don't know exactly. Uh, I think Nancy might be a little bit older. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's funny. It, it really is. And, it, and, if, and if I tell the joke or if somebody else tells the joke, it's probably no problem at all. But he goes on and says she didn't know what she was she couldn't think because her teeth were falling out. It, it it turns a lot of people against him. That's all I'm saying. I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them, and you're not one of them. But I don't want any moderates or any undecided people to say, "Well, that was mean. I don't like the guy. I'm going to go against him." So anyway, thank you for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. And I'm glad your wife got a chuckle out of it. Uh, it is kind of funny. Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher's coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.